Hello and welcome back to the Boomtown Hoops podcast. I am Stephen Morrison. Uh, joining me today is Jackson. Jackson, how are you doing, man? It's been a while. It it has, but I'm I'm doing well. I've got basketball on the TV again, real, actual, live, regular season basketball, and feels good. Feels right. Oh yeah, yep. Glad to glad to be back. You know, we'll we'll have the rest of the guys on here going out through on season. Kate and Evan couldn't make it today, but we are we're running the two man fast break on this show. So, Jackson, let's go ahead and just start off. Let's let's kind of recap the off season. Kind of just your thoughts on on how everything. Obviously, you know the major thing. Chet got injured. Obviously, you know we're 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 past that point now. But basically, from the draft till game one what's kind of been your biggest storyline so far i think you say we're past it i personally i haven't (laughs) moved on it it has to be chad i mean the unbelievable summer league to to the injury i think that's kind of the big thing that it has changed the outlook of the season at least for me personally I, i think no matter what we likely still would have been on the path to tank, I think that would have been Presti's ideal idea with somebody like Wimbenyama available. But I think with Chet, this team would have been too good for pick that low. I think he he's such a game changer in what what we've seen. So I think that to me that that's the biggest story. But the, you know the next thing would be would be the rest of the rookies. Say Jalen Williams. Santa Clara. I don't. I haven't figured out how we're gonna determine which is which, which is which. But you know, I think the way that I kind of put it in my head, which it just only makes sense to me, probably. But Jalen Williams from Santa Clara, they call him J Dub, which he's from the West Coast. So Dub, I, I don't know. I was just like, that's the best way I could figure it out. So yeah, I'll just run with that. I think at the beginning, right now, it'll be it'll be harder to figure out. But I would expect he will be the one that plays the majority of the minutes between the two this season. He he's impressed me throughout. And then through the preseason, just, you know, this, the small bit of time between summer league and preseason, Usman Jang has been somebody that I, I've really started to look like he's one of the youngest players in the league. Um, I'm just very, very interested to see what he looks like as the time comes. Yeah. Uh, he, he's someone that I've really started to really keep my eye on. He seems like somebody who, you know, like you're saying, he's the one of the youngest guys in the league right now. But he looks like, you know, if he can just put a couple more pieces together, he looks like he could possibly be a starter or maybe like a sixth or seventh man off the bench for the Thunder. Was that is that a fair assessment as of right now? Or am I, I think, am I overhyping him? <laughs> uh, I think so. Um, I I don't want to say you're underhyping him because obviously it's all we're, we're just looking at projections, but I, I kind of went back through and watched some highlights from uh, just from the preseason, you know, get the refresher. Um, and I was watching some of his highlights earlier. And one of the things that kind of jumped out to me is there was a little bit in his game that kind of reminded me of, of another former number 13 for the Thunder, not Harden, but Paul George, um, just in terms of his length. And there was, there was, he was very raw. But right. there's just some things in there. And obviously, I don't would never expect him to get to the level of Paul George, but 
there's certain things that he does that, that kind of reminded me of Paul George in a way, like obviously his length and athleticism, but there's, you know, a couple of like little kind of post fades, different things that he did that I was like, huh, that, that looks a little familiar. And, you know, if he can become a bench Paul George, you know, a guy like in the second unit, like you said, a sixth or seventh man, but kind of does some of those things at a lower level. I mean, he'd be a nice piece to have. Yeah, definitely. And I think obviously, Jalen Williams, J Dub, he's someone that I'm very intrigued by. Uh, he, I got to, I got to watch them the the preseason game against the Mavericks up up in Tulsa, and it was, man, he just looks smooth. I mean, just ball handling and everything. I mean, he looks like he can put it if he can put it together really quick. I think you're going to see him rise almost up there with Shay. Uh, I'm I'm gonna get up there and, and, and say that. That might that's probably my hottest take so far, but I that spicy. But I I mean you can tell you can tell watching him. He said, you know, somebody he's always looked up like looked up to watching is Shay. And you can see it in his game. Um I I don't know that he can get to quite that level. I mean maybe so. Um and if he does then we run into probably the good problem of having I don't want to say too many ball handlers, but a lot of guys who can do a lot of good with the ball in their hand, but it'll be, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I've definitely loved what I've seen from him so far. I think that's not a problem for this year. That's likely a problem for, you know, two, three years down the road, but I would say he's probably been to me, the bright spot outside of Chet from the, uh, from the draft so far. Yeah. And I think so kind of going into our next kind of little spot of the, of the, of the episode really now we're in the we're now in tankathon season now is, is it too early for tankathon i don't think so but Never. <laughs> the the thunder win total and i kind of got like a kind of average but most of the ones i saw was 23 and a half now jackson i know you did a piece on on the site that basically just i mean you talked about all different sorts of odds now, being this first, we'll talk about the win total first, and, and I'll let you go into more what you talked about in the in the article. But 23 and a half, are you going to take the over, or are you taking the under on this one? So this is where I struggle. I'm not even sure if, if sports betting is legal in Oklahoma at the moment. No, um, it's not, but. <laughs> it, it, it is here in Virginia, and I've got a few different <laughs> uh, few different books I like to use. So I, uh, I shopped around a little bit. I, I used FanDuel for the article I wrote. Um, but yeah, you can find anywhere from 22 and a half to 24 and a half. I love the 22 and a half. If you can find it at 22 and a half, take the over. 23 and a half and 24 and a half, I don't like. Um, I, I don't mind 24 and a half. If you get 24 and a half, take the under. I think we end up right in the 23 to 24 win range, which if you look, you know, depending on where you look, I, like I said, I used FanDuel for the article I wrote. Us and the Spurs were the two lowest at 22 and a half. Um, but then the Jazz, the Rockets, the Spurs, I think maybe the Pacers were all at 23 or 24. So, you know, we're going to be kind of right in the mix there. So that's kind of a – it's a complicated spot to be in. I, I think 23 or 24 is where we end up. Yeah, I think I think last year on our – one of the articles we did on, on the site, it, it was an over-under. And I think the over-under was 22. Two and a half last year, I think, and I was like, "Well, they're going to win twenty three games," and they won twenty three or whatever. I picked it right on the money, so I'm going to say this year that we're going to hit 
the under at 23 exactly. Yeah, so that, like I said, it, it's, it it's, depends because 23 is the number that I look at, but then I could see 24. What I'm really, really struggling with is it's a similar, not problem, problem in quotations um, to what we had last year and that we're going to play really hard. And if teams don't come ready for that, it, we're going to, you know, like we did to the Lakers a couple times early in the year, like we, we've caught some teams on some nights and just that's wins we don't expect. And then the other side of it is there's more teams tanking than ever. It feels like, and I wouldn't be shocked if somebody has an injury to a key guy, if somebody else doesn't join the uh, tanking hunt. Yeah. So there's going to be wins to be had because when we play the Spurs or we play the jazz, like it could be some ugly basketball. And, and to me, like, what the Thunder have, uh, I know this isn't great for the, oh, dude, I'm going to butcher his name so many times, but for the Victor w- Wimbignana, is that right? I think you're close. close enough. We can go with Wimby. I like that. Yeah, sure. For that sweepstakes, man, I mean, I feel like the Thunder have a better team than the Spurs and the Jazz, but I feel like the Pacers and Thunder are kind of in that same I mean, they're all kind of in the same group, but it feels like at least with what Utah did in the offseason, trading Gobert, trading trading Donovan Mitchell, I feel like they've gotten rid of more pieces and they're kind of more qualified, not quali- qualified is not the right word, but more qualified to be able to kind of get that, you know, first or second spot or top three in the lottery. Yeah, I, I struggle as well. Um because I de- we're definitely better than the Spurs. We're better than the Jazz. I think the Pacers are going to make a trade at some point. And it wouldn't be surprised me if our beloved Russell Westbrook somehow ended up in Indiana. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> I, it wouldn't shock me. I We can dive into that at another time. But it wouldn't surprise me. And if he does and the Pacers you know, lose a Miles Turner or a Buddy Heald, like, they could be down there. I don't think the Rockets are better than us. It's one of those things where it's, I think we're just as good or better than all of those teams. And if we're going to end up with a top three pick, it's because we strategically tanked better than anybody else. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that's kind of, that's kind of always not always been the problem, but that's kind of always felt like the problem to me is like, we're bad, but we've got all these good pieces in place to set up the future that might cost us a you know a spot or two in a draft but you know i i think at this rate you're kind of just looking for i mean if if chet's really what everybody's saying he can be you're really like a small piece away to me from like being able to maybe not necessarily get to the finals but you know maybe being in the semis or even the conference finals yeah i wrote this in our conference room five minutes it's going to come out when talking about our over under i think we had a 24 and a half there like you said we, you can find it pretty much anywhere i think the under is the play for this year of that number but i said with the amount of experience that i think guys are going to get this year give me the over for next year no matter what it is i think we're at worst next year we're a playing team but i think you know we could be a playing team that hosts you know, a playing a playing game. We could be in that seven or eight seed. Um, because if you look at it, I think 
and this is more of a general NBA than than Thunder specific. But I was talking with somebody about you know over unders and like different things, and they were talking about the Kings, and I like the Kings are right in that prime because if you look at at the West, us, the Rockets, the Jazz, and the Spurs, that's four teams that aren't trying to win, aren't trying to make playoff games. Like right, you just have there's one or two spots there, and while I do think this is going to be a good draft class, when Minyama and Scoot are the top two guys, and if somebody in the West ends up with one of them and somebody in the East ends up with one of them, there's still going to be bad teams in the West next year. And I think we'll be better regardless of whether we end up with one of those two or we don't. Ideally, we do. But, you know, if we don't, I still think we're better than those teams and you get a returning Chet and you get another nice young piece. And then this is that. I think next year we're looking at, at you know, playing at worst. So I would agree with that. I, I forgot to mention earlier, Jackson, we've got to pour one out for you. Thunder legend, Virginia Cavalier, Ty Jerome. I'll, I'll give you your moment to, to <laughs> memorialize. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, I'll just say this. It's crazy that uh, he's the best shooter on the Warriors. Oh, man. I'm just, I'm just saying. Oh, uh, that hurts. Sounds crazy. <laughs> sounds crazy, but uh, yeah, no, it does. And I mean, say I'll, I'll get personal because I, I divide my my loyalties between Virginia and OKC. So I'm always pulling for the Virginia guys. Like I'm happy for him. I think he, I still think he's a good backup point guard to have, um, but I don't think he necessarily fits in with the group that we have. Um, if we were trying to con- not contend for a title, but, you know, in that play in area, mm-hmm. I think he'd be a good kind of floor general to have. Um, but with where we're at right now, I would want the ball in, Trey Mann and Jalen Williams hands as much as possible with the second unit. So I think he's probably better off elsewhere. I think we're probably better off having, having those two guys as the primary ball handlers getting, getting the most minutes as possible. Yeah, for sure. So I, like I said, I just wanted just to, just to give you your platform to, to talk about Hydro one last time on the thunder. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. And you know, hey, you never know. I say him and Shay are close, you know, Shay gets That's that true. big superstar. He gets that big superstar status. He gets that pull. You never know. He can come back. Oh man. Let's, let's hope for the sake of, of you and, and this podcast that, that we could eventually get Ty Jerome back on here. So our, our last thing we'll talk about which player is most likely to break out? Um, that's a good question. And I say I just put in my answers for the conference room five minutes. Um, and my hot, I saw your hot take was, was Jalen Williams. Mine is Giddy, and it's not necessarily a breakout, but I could see Josh Giddy competing for most improved player this year. Not necessarily a breakout. I think people saw a lot of good from him last year. Uh, he didn't shoot the ball super well in summer league, but uh, some time with a new shooting coach in between and he was knocking three ball down in the preseason. Um, obviously he's not going to continue to shoot it at quite that clip, but I would expect, I, I, I've been kind of looking at it and I wouldn't be surprised if Josh Giddy, you know, averages 18, eight and eight. Golly, that, that and, seems, sounds crazy. It does, but, but it seems so realistic at the same time too. I mean, he was at, I mean, he only averaged like 12 and a half points a game last year. But if he can, you know, make two threes a game, which is not something he was really doing last year, um, you know, if he shoots the ball better from three, you got to respect it a little bit more, makes it a little bit easier for him to get to the basket. He averaged 7.8 boards. So what's another one? And then, I mean, he was at six and a half assists 
I think we shoot the ball better this year than we did last year. I think just in general, the second year in the NBA, he's going to take a leap. So it might not be quite good enough for him to get most improved, but I'm very, very excited to see what he does. He looked so in control in preseason and summer league. It just, he didn't look like he was a guy in the second year. He looked like he is a proven veteran. He had complete control. And I'm just, I think he, he takes a jump that puts him on the map. Yeah. I think that that was kind of one of my guys. I was like, yeah, he might be a pretty good breakout candidate. I'm going with someone and you've alluded to it. You talked about uh, the conference room five minutes article that's coming out. I'm going to take the guy that I used in my conference room five minutes with Usman Jang. I don't think it's going to be the flat, you know, the flashy pick like a Jalen Williams or, a, or Josh Giddy, but he is someone that I'm just very intrigued with. He's got a, just a, and I know we talked about him earlier, but he's one of those guys. He's just got that really kind of strange in a way skill set of like, he's super, you know, six, nine, one eighty five, I think is what he is. And, and, you know, got to watch him a little bit at, at Tulsa when they played the Mavericks. He's someone that's very intriguing to me. Is he the breakout player? Probably not, but he's somebody that's rather intriguing to me. He's definitely a guy that, like we said earlier, how young he is, like that the end of the season comes and we're like, man, I'm really, really excited to see what he can do in the future. I think he's going to have games where he shows flashes where you're just like, this is why Presti traded up to get him. Like, this is why, you know, he went this high. He's not polished yet, but he shows flashes at times. I think that will just continue to get better. So I definitely would agree with that. So. Well, that pretty well wraps it up for us. I, I guess our, our, our last thing, I guess we've got Jackson prediction for, for the first game. Are we going to take home a win or are we going to start out on the right side of tankathon? I keep wanting to go choo-choo, but that a train, not a tank. Um, it's not going to be good. I, it, we're going to take the loss tomorrow. I'm, I'm very interested to watch us, but I'm also very interested to look at the, the new look Timberwolves where – just I'm curious on how that cat go bear oh, that's, that's, works. That's gonna be so um, so weird, but it's gonna be so I effective, I feel like. I, I don't know how it works in the modern NBA. I mean I I think it'll work. It'll definitely work against us, but I, I'm interested to see how it looks and then I'm also interested to see how Anthony Edwards looks in his third year. Yeah. And then I mean I went so I went to two Thunder games last year, my my first two because you know, I live in Virginia, so it's not necessarily the easiest to make. Um, went in the same week to see us play the Wizards and the Hornets. And one thing that super stuck out to me was just our lack of a big man. We don't have like a true center. In, if you look at our roster on the website, which I did, I just kind of poked around earlier to see how everybody's listed on different places. And we don't have anybody listed at just center. We have Moose and we have Chet listed as forward slash center. And Chet's out. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I love Moose, but he's not at the level to bang with those guys. Um, so it's something that we struggled with last year. I mean, I watched Montrez Harold dominate us for the Wizards, and he's not anything special. But I think that we're just, we don't have the size inside to hang with a team like Minnesota. So I don't expect good things, but I think it'll be, you know, it'll be an interesting watch nonetheless. Yeah. And I think kind of on the flip side of that too, is like, you see like this, the, you know, in parentheses, the quotes, the 
modern NBA is you don't truly have a center, but Minnesota kind of doubled down and said, no, we've got two centers. So they're, they're kind of doing this like zigging when everybody else is zagging type of thing or whatever. So I, I think we start off with the loss. I think it'll be interesting just to see how the whole team, the team as a whole plays. Cause you know, this is really the first, this is the first time really that, that Shea's been available to play door. I mean the whole, you know, the whole main crew. So I'm always excited to watch Thunder basketball unless it's, you know, like in a 10 o'clock central start, which is never fun, but <laughs> so. It's worse than the East coast. No, I know. Say one last thing, just quickly talk about the modern NBA. Um, the one thing that I think doesn't necessarily work for us this year, but will going forward, and I think we'll see a lot of experimenting with it this year, is not having a true big man. We don't have one, but we have size all over the court. I mean, we're huge. I think we see a lot of experimenting throughout the year. I think that's where a lot of our tanking comes from, is we're just going to throw different guys out there and just try them in different areas and different positions. But we have so much size that, if everyone commits to rebounding, we shouldn't get killed too badly on the boards. And then, you know, next year, if somehow the Timberwolves have Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert together again, like you just, you, they're going to have to, step, somebody's going to have to step out and guard Chet. Somebody's going to have right. to step out and guard all these different guys that, that we see that positional basketball with all that size and how it pays off, you know, Poku makes a leap. We've only been waiting for it for years. You know, you throw out different guys like that. I think that we'll see a lot of positionless basketball that's not great this year, but it's setting us up to see positionless basketball that is great in the future. Right. And how is it that we spent almost this entire podcast and this was the first time we brought up Poku? Is that is that it going to be an indicator of how the season goes, or is that just kind of a <laughs> Uh, Poku's oh, gonna get burned. Oh man. I, I don't I don't know. I depending on the day, I don't know how I feel about it, but he's gonna get burned. He shows flash he showed flashes in the preseason. There's still times where you go like, outside of being tall, is this person built to play basketball in any way, shape, or form? <laughs> but there's other times where you're like, all right, I, I see what Presby sees. He just has to figure out a way to do it all the right. time. Yeah. I I think the bar for Poku just has to come so far down. I think ultimately, you know, even as far or as near as next year, if we're competing for the playing spot, like we talked about, I think Poku at best is like your eighth or ninth man at absolute best. I, I don't think he's a long-term solution in the way that he, he might've been thought of as a project that paid off. But I do, I'm, I'm interested to see what we see this year because at the end of the day, as long as what Shea has said he's meant, that he's committed to the project, and knowing that, in my opinion, I think no matter what, this is the last year of a full tank, that, you know, we're going to see some crazy stuff knowing that, you know, we just got to make it through this year, and next year is a whole new ballgame. That's right. Well, here we go, Thunder fans, starting off the season. We'll see. Let's see what we get into this year. Jackson's excited. I'm excited. I know the rest of the podcast crew is excited. We're ready. It's it's been it's been too long since we've been able to to really talk Thunder basketball, and I know we're excited. So, 
that's going to do it for this episode of the Boomtown Hoops podcast. Uh, for Jackson, I'm Stephen. We will talk to you guys again soon.